Our nurse's hands were the first to hold my baby when she came into the world. When my son needed life-saving surgery and was under anesthesia, his nurse was there to care for him and to speak for him when he was most vulnerable. When they tried to push my sister out of the hospital, with tubes sticking out of her arms, our nurse fought back, even though it could have cost her her job. When Dad passed, his nurse was the last one to hold his hand and the first one to comfort me. When I was in the hospital for a long time, my nurse was right. I did get better. Nurses are like superheroes. Hello, I'm Jean Ross, a registered nurse from National Nurses United. Many hospitals in our communities are big businesses whose first priority is their bottom line, not your care. Don't let hospitals deny you the care you need. Registered nurses are your first line of protection and your last line of defense. Don't let them take your nurse away. Insist on a registered nurse. It's our registered nurses who put the care in health care. A message from National Nurses United, the voice of America's registered nurses. I've always wanted to be a nurse. In between, do I want to be a doctor or a nurse? And for me, the nursing was the part where they got to spend the most time with the patient. That was something I wanted to do. I wanted to be a caregiver. I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. When it comes to changing people's lives, I think that some of the things we do do touch and change people's lives forever. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Medicare, happy birthday to you. It was 49 years ago that President Lyndon B. Johnson went to the Truman Library in Independence, Missouri to have the former president, Harry Truman, joining him for the signing of the bill establishing Medicare, or as the record shows then, the Supplementary Medical Insurance Program under the Social Security Act. And this week's birthday coincides with the release of a new report Monday by Trustees for Medicare and Social Security showing the trust fund that pays for Medicare is in much better shape than the doom and gloom predictions of the budget cutters and legislators who favor cutting benefits, raising the eligibility age, or privatization. Now the trustees say that Medicare is on solid financial footing through 2030. Thank goodness, because that's when I'm going to be there. The best way to further improve the funding, says CNA, is to expand the risk pool by adding more healthy people, as in extending the eligibility age to cover everyone. Leave it to the nurses to leave no stone or party opportunity unturned. The Campaign for Healthy California, a coalition of over 80 organizations committed to finishing the job of healthcare reform in California by organizing for the expansion of Medicare for All, held actions in 15 cities throughout California to celebrate Medicare's successful provision of guaranteed health care to millions of elderly seniors and disabled Americans for nearly half a century. Here with us today is Myrtle Braxton Ellington. Myrtle joined the celebration in her city of Richmond, California. At 87 years old, almost 87 years old, those who know her say she is hard to keep up with. A retired Social Security Administrator, she is a tireless community activist who participates on more boards, committees, and commissions than most Richmond residents know exist. I don't know how she does it because I couldn't do all the things this woman does. Myrtle, is a, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. Can you name some of the committees in your community you're on? Yes, I'd be glad to do so. I am the secretary of the Richmond Commission on Aging. <laughs> I am the president of our Laurel Park Neighborhood Council. 
And the most important one for me is that I'm chairperson of the Church and Society Committee of Easter Hill United Methodist Church. I'm also on the board of the League of Women Voters, wow. uh, the Crime Prevention Program, and several other uh, organizations. My goodness, Myrtle, how do you have time to do all of this? Well, I don't need a lot of sleep. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> I guess you're not getting a lot of sleep. My yeah. goodness. And how long did you work for the Social Security Administration? Uh, for 35 years. My goodness. So you retired from that position? Yes, I did. I retired. I took early retirement, and I retired on January 1st, 1980. I'll always remember that. Well, good for you. And you you might have retired from work, but then you went into a very large job. Yes, full-time volunteer. <laughs> That's great. So why, it's impor- why is it important for you and others to fight for an expansion of Medicare? It's very important. As I mentioned before, my most important job that I think I have is chairperson of Church and Society for Easter Hill United Methodist Church. Our denomination believes that very strongly that health care is a human right. It's not something that you decide who will have it and who will not have it. Everyone is entitled or should be covered and have health insurance. Well, I'm so happy to hear that in your church group, that they're supporting this kind of social change because I like the blending of religion with a social activization, activity. It's important, and that's what keeps you motivated? Yes, it does. It keeps me going, is the fact that uh, we feel very strongly about that and other justice issues too, but this is one of the top priorities for us at this time. So do you think there's a chance that our country would adopt a single payer? I do, but I think we've got to start with California. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to be able, we'll have to do it the way Canada did, one state at a time. And I think, I hate, I hate that idea. You know, there may be some that will come in as a group, but I think some state has to pass it first. You're you're right about that. Do you think it's going to be California? Because I'm kind of on the edge. It might be Vermont. Uh, yeah, I think Vermont will probably be first. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of sad to say because I always think of the West Coast as, you know, the forefront of change. Mm -hmm. And yet we've got Vermont over there. Are you born and raised in California, Myrtle? No, I was born in Texas. I was born in Texas. I came to California during World War II when a lot of people migrated. I came with my parents, of course, when a lot of people migrated to uh, California to work in the shipyards and in the other, um, Defense agency. Wow. So I'm going to read a quote that that you said. I get involved because I see a problem and I see that to solve it, the community has to get involved. Can you say more about that? Well, I mean, people wait for government to do things for them. And, uh, you know, government just doesn't do things unless you prod them to do so. Mm -hmm. This is why I feel that the community has to get involved. Mm-hmm. If you can't rally people around, you'd be shocked and surprised at some of the things that we've done in the city of Richmond because of the fact that we organize people and we and you have to educate people, too, to get them to see the problem mm-hmm. because people have the me, me, me attitude yes. and you have to show them that uh, some things that you think won't affect you, they actually do. And, and that's why the community has to grassroots up from the bottom and then you get the top to do things. That's great. And so is your, is your faith what keeps you going so strong and keeps you so motivated for social change? I think so. I really think so. I think, you know, when you study, uh, in our case, we study, we have Bible classes and things, and you just see that, you know, regardless of what your denomination is, uh, we are supposed to help other people. 
not just be selfish and, and worry about ourselves. I have health insurance, but that has nothing to do with it. Everybody should have health insurance. That's so great. And it, it leads me to my le- next question, which you have, of course, answered, but I want you to expand on. So why do you think that it's a right, uh, that it's a privilege, a right instead of a privilege to have health care for all? Uh, because of the fact that human, uh, humans, or human, uh, what I'm trying to say, humanitarians, should feel for their neighbors. How can you mm. say, I have it, but I don't care whether my neighbor can die of a heart attack, can't go to the hospital, or that sort of thing. We have to care about our neighbors, love our neighbors as ourselves. And, you know, wasn't that really kind of what the country was founded on? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but help each other out, that we wanted to live in a free society in which we took care of each other? Well, this is true. And I always, we've always been taught that statement, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps if you don't have any boots. That's so so true. That's (laughs) That's so true, We have to help one another. That's so true. Did you have children? Oh, yes. I have five children. Wow. And grandchildren, I would imagine? Yeah, I have five children, six grandchildren, and six great-grandchildren. Wow, Myrtle, that's impressive. And here you are almost 87 years old, and you're still as committed as you were in the beginning. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's quite remarkable. What else would you like to share with our listeners? Well, I, think I would like to ask, ask each listener, do your part. I mean, mm-hmm. all you have to do is talk to one other person and tell that person to talk to some other person and explain why. Healthcare for all is so important in our country. Mm-hmm. And I bet you see a lot of people in Richmond who don't have any health insurance. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And how does that impact their overall? You know, uh, this is the part that I like to say. Um, if you think that it's cheaper not to cover people, you're wrong. Because people get sick and they end up in an emergency room twice as sick as they would have been. It would have been more cost effective to treat them throughout their lives than to treat them in an emergent situation. I agree with you completely, but I think people should realize this too. You have health insurance. Let's say you have health insurance and something happens and you have to go to an emergency ward. People who don't have health insurance, that's their health insurance. They go to emergency. Yes. So you're sick and you go and the room is crowded with people who could have seen a doctor because the baby had a cold mm-hmm. or something like that. And then you can't get served. And that's why I say it affects us all. It's not a personal thing. It's not that I have mine, so forget about you. That's right, because you're paying for it one way or another. It's just how we want to spend our dollars. Thank you. Myrtle, what do you think about, why do you think nurses get involved in this fight? And Do you have a lot of nurse friends? I hope so. You know, I actually do. They're retired, of course, but I do have. But I think it's because they see the problem. Mm -hmm. They see the people who come in there, who come through emergency that could have been prevented if they'd had health care. I think they see that. I think they see people who die if they had had health insurance and they could have seen a doctor earlier. This is why I think nurses, they're so close to the problem. You're absolutely right. We see it every day. And it's disheartening to see those who get care versus those who don't get care. And and it's sad. It cuts across socioeconomic boundaries as well as race and um, other criteria. It is sad when we don't take care of each other. I'm so so glad that you have done what you've done your entire life. It's, mm-hmm. it's wonderful, quite remarkable. Well, thank you. I just wanted to add one other thing real quickly. It's the fact that when people don't have health insurance, they can't get um, a vaccination yes. and other uh, forms of preventing diseases that we, never, we, we had eliminated in this country. 
Mm-hmm. So that's another thing, is you protected yourself when everybody can be protected. So I don't understand the reasoning behind people who don't want to see health care for all. I don't either. And, you know, there is some sense that there's freeloaders and people want to take advantage. You know, I've been in this business for 38 years, and I see very little of that. What I see are people who need some help. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be nice if we could just give it to them? Wouldn't that be great? That would be. Well, Myrtle, I want to thank you for your years of service in the Social Security Administration because that was a heck of a job, yes? Yes, it was. It was really it was interesting, too. I bet. And then your years of service as an activist and being so active in Richmond because God knows Richmond needs your support. Thank you. Thank you very much. All We've right, been talking with Myrtle Braxton Ellington, who lives and knows everybody in Richmond, California. For more information about this topic and campaign for Healthy California, visit nnu.org.